Welcome to the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Isios. Vin Clancy. So, you got a pretty incredible story, right? You, uh, you're, you're a growth hacker. You've done some amazing stuff on Facebook. You're a public speaker. And you pretty much came from nothing and turned it into over six figures, right? So yeah. that's, uh, that's pretty incredible. And for the University of Adversity, that's what it's all about. It's just, you know, these stories that help inspire people, you know, and just overcoming things and being able to, you know, that they can take some applied knowledge and apply that into their life. So that's, I'm super excited to share your story, man. So do you mind just giving a quick little, uh, little rundown about yourself? Sure. Are we recording now? Yeah. Sure. Sure. We're live. All right. Um, yeah. So five years ago, I was on social welfare, living off the government of like 71 British pounds a week. And I created an online magazine called Planet Ivy. I recruited people to write for it. Within uh, two weeks, we had 25,000 views. Within six months, we had 300,000 views a month. Uh, then we uh, started looking for funding and within like three weeks of starting talks with investors, we were given a quarter million dollars and I was instantly off welfare, out of debt and I was an entrepreneur overnight. We got Planet Ivy to a million visitors a month, launched a second site, Screen Robot, got that to a million visitors a month, raised a second round, got into the Textiles Accelerator um, and from there I launched a growth hacking and marketing agency. Um, I started public speaking. Uh, three months after I started public speaking, I won Best Speaker at South by Southwest V2V uh, in Las Vegas, like the, one of the first times I spoke in America. Worked with the royal family, um, got featured in you know, uh, BuzzFeed and Inc. and places like that. Um, I did a 100-day world tour speaking about growth hacking uh, in support of my first book, which did $100,000 in pre-orders. I then moved to the United States. Uh, My second book just came out, Ace the Game, the 100 best growth hacks in the world right now, uh, which made $10,000 in its first hour. Um, I got to uh, the top three in Product Hunt. So, uh, yeah, it's been a wild ride, and now uh, I'm living out here in America and deciding what to do next. How do you like it down there in, in uh, L.A.? It's, I, <laughs> I never want to leave. It's the best city on earth. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. Have you been over to Australia? Yeah, but, but before all of this, uh, as a boozy Brit backpacking. Yeah, yeah, nice, man. So, yeah, no, I – just for people that don't know, like growth hacker, like what, what does that mean? And how, how have you been able to do, like, what is this specifically that you do? Like what is growth hacking? So growth hacking is an innovative form of online marketing that uses the internet to get a lot of, uh, advantages. So, um, when something goes viral, you get a lot of people to look at your stuff for free. So growth hacking means you can get a lot done with very little money. It was built out of startups who couldn't get venture capital funding. Um, And since then, I have brought it mainstream. Um, So I have been spreading the word about how anyone can start a business uh, and support their family, whether they're a single mom or a veteran or just like a young kid starting out. Uh, It's the first time in human history we have the power to do this um, because all previous business was relationship-based. 
uh, and relationships have a lot of biases and, you know, your socioeconomic status uh, often meant that maybe you couldn't do X. Um, like, uh, yeah, so with this, if you're behind a computer, if you can get attention, uh, you know, if you can build a following, if you build an email list, you can make money. It doesn't matter who you are or where you're from. So it's really a, a liberating thing that anyone can take on and start making money from. Yeah, cool. So <clears throat> that's, that's pretty interesting because a lot of things that I do for my online business, a lot of people that are going to be listening um, do affiliate marketing or do um, our business is basically um, Facebook advertising, right? So, you know, generating leads through Facebook ads um, and then taking those leads and putting them in front of offers. So how is your business related to something like affiliate marketing or um, any other terms out there, drop shipping, that kind of thing? Do the, are they related at all? Or, you know, what kind of things can you, you know, kind of piece together as far as being similar to that? So, well, there's two things about affiliate marketing. Firstly, um, it's a really... I don't know if I can swear on this podcast. It's a really effing thing, hard thing to get involved with. Yeah. Uh, if you don't have a massive list, if you don't have a perfectly converting funnel with proof of your landing pages, you, it's not like something else where you can, you can join the industry and make a bit of money and see how you, you just can't join the industry. I don't think people understand this about affiliates. Uh, I, I went through it with my last book. I was like, I have this massive personal brand. No one cared. I couldn't even get listed on the main affiliate sites. So, um, so if you wanted to become an affiliate, you should use growth hacking to build a massive email list. You should be creating lead magnets and getting traffic, building a personal brand, doing Facebook lives um, with you know other Facebook groups with other people who have lists, and building up your own list so that uh, you can do connections and joint ventures with other affiliates. Also, if you can lower your cost. Uh, per acquisition you'll make more as an affiliate because a lot of people who try and start being affiliates they're like well i buy the traffic off facebook and then i sell it on and then i make a lot of money when they buy and they just burn their money it's it's a really really hard thing to get right which is another thing no one talks about in affiliates um most of the time facebook ads don't work uh you only hear about the successes so if you have a big list that you can sell to uh, and you keep all that affiliate commission, you're going to make twice as much. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's definitely not easy and you have to be showed the right strategies and the right kind of things. Um, and you have to have the right offer and you have to have the right funnel. Um, definitely. Yeah. Now, as far as talking about somebody being able to start, let's say somebody comes in in your situation, they don't have any money. Like when you started, I was yeah. the same way, you know, how does somebody do that? How does somebody actually, you know, take the practical steps to get started, to get out of what they are, to like build something else? So the, the first step is you're going to have to spend a lot of time at your laptop learning stuff. And again, information is free. Um, there's a lot of good resources. A lot, um, you know, there's some low dollar eBooks. You can get to learn some amazing things. Secondly, there's two ways you're going to build your brand online and offline. Offline public speaking, there's no better way of um, getting high ticket clients. Uh, when you start public speaking, the whole room has to listen to you uh, and then you just show expertise. 
you show people what to do and they will always say, that sounds great. Can I hire you to do it? Um, so public speaking and online, you want to build your own community. That means showing up with content every day. If you don't know where to get content, go on Reddit and search in the top right your keywords uh, and that will bring up a list of subreddits. If you just check those every day, you'll have ideas for posts you can put up and then build your own community. In the business space, I would build it on Facebook as a Facebook group. If it's B2C, um, probably Instagram because it's very visual. But yeah, you build your own community. You post in it every day. You aggressively add people to that group or you aggressively you know, follow people on Instagram, aggressively do posts, aggressively do hashtags. Um, but yeah, you build an online community and offline you give talks. Um, that those are the two sides you need uh, and clients will always come off the back of that. Okay. So um, yeah. Awesome. So obviously stuff like Facebook, the algorithms are always changing, right? Cause I know when I started, it was different targeting all that stuff. How, how do you deal with the changes in the algorithms, the changes in what you can target and what you can do? And the stuff that you do on Facebook obviously is going to vary what you do on Instagram and any of the other platform, right? So like, what is your, you say you predominantly do Facebook growth hacking, right? So what is the number one thing that you, cause I know Facebook lives, you get a lot of reach and you know, I know business pages don't get as much reach, but personal pages on go lives get a lot. So what is your number one thing on Facebook to get? The most reach possible and that's a uh, that's an easy one uh don't post external links like if you post yeah. external links facebook will show your post to next to zero people um lives will get shown the most then videos then uh pictures uh and text and then finally external links lastly all platforms um respond well if you post regularly and all, all platforms uh, respond well if you get a lot of likes and comments in the first 10 minutes. So, right. then, so uh, an easy way to hack this is to get a few of your friends and then you all post at a certain time each day and you all like each other's posts to give it that first push. Um, so that's another way of kind of tricking the algorithm into um, giving you that, uh, you know, getting those notifications out to other people so that they see it. Um, and then from then on, there's other things like if you, you must use high quality images, they get pushed in the algorithm more and it gets smaller than that. But if you just post consistently and get a lot of likes in the first 10 minutes, um, that's most of the game. Cool. I'm, I want to dig a little bit deeper here into kind of, you know, how you started. So, um, you know, kind of like, you know, going into the university of adversity. So I know you obviously you went through some tough times before you started, you know, you're on social welfare and all that kind of stuff, which is really tough. Um, what other kinds of things did you go through? And maybe if you don't mind just explaining to somebody out there listening, who's maybe going through the same similar pains, pain points or whatever that you went through that was kind of like the line in the sand that made you decide to just say, I can't do this anymore. I need to make a change in a different direction. Sure. I, I, I mean, like, I, I know what it's like if, so like for me, like my, my girlfriend at the time was like, you have to get a real job. I can't date a guy who don't work. And I, and I was, she was just like, I don't understand why you won't do it. And I was like, I can't tell you why, but um, 
you know, I, it, it's just something I have to do. So like, it, it was a real struggle for us. Um, and you just got to focus on what's your true north metric. I, I knew that if I got visitors to my website, I would get investment, I would get brand deals. Um, people would want to write for us. Uh, so I just focused and I, I just worked day and night on that. Um, so yeah, so you, you do need to filter out people who don't believe in you and uh, who, you know, who won't support you on the journey. It's normally friends and family, um, out of, you know, they, they want you to play it safe, but I mean, there is no playing it safe. The, the jobs have gone, the wages are stagnating. Uh, you know, in the future we will all be entrepreneurs, so you should get ahead of it now. So yeah, so like uh, I had no heating in my apartment and Britain was, you know, Britain is freezing cold in the winter. Um, so like that, that was like the early stage of having no money and then overnight, um, being good. So like, that was great. And I like more recently just burnout from working too hard, like five and a half years, uh, in the game was, took its toll on me. So I had some performance coaches out here. Uh, I do things like flotation tanks, colonic irrigation. Um, I did an allergy test on what foods I'm intolerant to. So I had to cut out eggs and ketchup, man. I love eggs and ketchup. Ate that for years. Uh, but yeah, now I know that those foods will slow me down and tire me out. Um, yeah, like so there's so many things going to bed early. Like so, But basically, yeah, burnout is a real thing. But to be honest, if you're just starting out, I think you should get burnout. Most people don't try nearly hard enough and they muck about with their friends at the weekend or whatever. Uh, I think all entrepreneurs should get to burnout it's a sign that they're working hard enough. It's really hard. You got to do a lot of work. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and I like that you touched on the fact that you, um, you had to kind of change your diet and you kind of have to give yourself the best chance to be the best version of yourself, right? If you're yeah. eating, you know, shitty foods all the time and you aren't going to sleep and you're around toxic people, you tend to, you know, you're not being the best version of yourself and you vibrate at a lower level. So um, I can definitely relate with that. And it's funny. I want to just touch on the friends and family thing that it's, it's funny how the ones that are closest to us sometimes are the ones that we care about the most when it comes, when we start on a new adventure. So yeah. it's um, even though, you know, a lot of people out there will go through that same thing, but it's not that they, don't want to see you succeed they just want to make sure you're safe right and i think once you get past that it kind of helps to understand where they're coming from so um what about so what about in books man are you uh you a reader is there any sort of uh personal development that you've tapped into at all or anything yeah. uh, interesting it's, it's funny you say that um yeah, like, uh, I guess I took for granted, I read a lot of books while I was on welfare, um, because I had no job. So I, I could just sit around and I, I'd hear about these books, and they, and they made a big change in my life. And 48 Laws of Power is, is probably the book that changed my life the most. Uh, so in that book, it teaches you how to deal with powerful people. It's like, you know, I barely had a job when I became an entrepreneur. And then a few months later, I'm sitting here with someone uh, who, who's going to give me hundreds of thousands of dollars. So uh, understanding how to play that game, 48 Laws of Power helped with that, as did How to Win Friends and Influence People. I was like the sister book to that. Which so that, that book really trains you out of your selfishness. We all want to talk about ourselves. We want, we want to wait for our turn to speak. 
uh, we don't like spending money on other people, but it's like the opposite. You've got to listen. You should bring gifts. You should say the other person's name. You should smile. It's like we forget to do these things because we get so self-involved. So yeah, a lot of books like that. On the startup side, uh, Zero to One by Peter Thiel. On the management side, The Hard Thing About Hard Things. Um, like they're, they're, and then uh, generally, as, a, as an introduction to growth hacking, Trust Me, I'm Lying by Ryan Holiday. Like that talks about how to manipulate the press to get an advantage. Um, those were the five books that I used to talk about a lot in my early growth hacking talks. Um, and, and funnily enough, right now, as I, I'm kind of in a, like a mini retirement. Um, I, I had a certain goal I wanted to hit when I moved to America and I hit it, which I'll be talking about more next year. And I didn't know what to do with myself. Cause I like it always, I'd always wanted to retire, but now I am weird. Um, but, um, and the last two days rather than like watch TV shows, like bum around actually went to vegas all weekend and spent like eighteen hundred dollars stupid but it was fun but as i was like all right i I can't do this forever so um, yeah i started reading again uh and i'm reading derek sivers uh book summaries at the moment um i'm cynical and most books really suck i i just can't stand reading books where the authors tell stories about themselves and you don't really learn much uh i tried getting that um app where they summarize books um, it sucks. Uh, Blinkist, I think it is. Yeah, it's something sucks. like that. Um, like I was reading, um, and, and I was reading one of these books, and, and they they put it in eight pages. It was, and I know it was a very deep, complex um, thing. It was just like eight pages, and it was just like it's useless. I'm reading Derek Sivers' book summaries, and like he's copied and pasted sometimes like a quarter of the book like the most important bits. So that's been really amazing. So I'm enjoying that. Um, but I, I also believe on this point, um, if you are an entrepreneur, um, you're in a company, you don't have time to read. No, nope. you have time to read before you start. Um, but uh, once it starts, it's work 12 hours a day. Yes, you, you should be learning specific things, like with my Ace the Game growth hacking book, specific strategies, but you don't have time to read you know, how to have a healthy mindset when you should be selling to clients. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, it's interesting when you talk about the different books because that's what's so exciting is that, you know, I talk to so many entrepreneurs and so many people doing different things, um, you know, within my business or outside and everybody's got their books, you know, everybody's got their their ones. And it's funny, which is really cool as well, is you hear the the common ones come up, right? You hear you know, how to win friends and influence people comes up all the time. Thinking grow rich. Um, there's a bunch of other ones, obviously, but it's just interesting because everybody has their few that they love, right? And it resonates with them, which is which is awesome, man. And that's what makes it such a diverse sort of thing as well. Um, I wanted to ask you as well. Now, definitely throughout everybody's entrepreneurial growth and you know, going through adversity and overcoming it and becoming something they want to. Usually there's some sort of daily routine that, that services them, serves them in a way that helps them stay focused, helps them get to where they want to be. Is there anything specific, like top three things that you like to do during the day that keeps you at high performance? I, I, I don't have a morning routine. I could possibly get better at it but um i i can i can give you a laundry list of things i do um firstly i i have close to zero caffeine alcohol gluten soy dairy um manufactured sugar 
Um, so, so like all of those is close to zero. Uh, I have a vegan breakfast. Uh, I rarely eat red meat. Um, so, so firstly, that's the diet side. Uh, I, I drink enough water. I have a Nutribullet to eat the boring vegetables that ain't that good. I mean, they don't taste that good. Um, I, I, I sleep too much. Like I sleep like 11 hours a night at the moment. It's kind of crazy. Um, I, um, at the moment, because I'm retired, uh, I'm trying to walk five kilometers a day. I've done it this past week. So like that's, that's the beginning of me getting fit. I've started doing a tiny bit of yoga, which I'm going to be doing more of. Uh, I visit flotation tanks. I go in the oxygen bag. I do an EKG to improve my heart. Um, I do clonic irrigation. Um, so, uh, and I have like two or three performance coaches. So, um, yeah, it is possible to spend your way to good health. And I, I did a lot of those because I just had no time to do exercise properly. It was like a band aid because I had so much work on, um, you know. Yeah, no, for sure. And there's definitely so many things out there that you can get carried away with as well. Like, I mean, there's some ones there that are super powerful. And then, I mean, obviously it adds up. So not everybody can afford to do those kind of things, but definitely like, yeah, like cryotherapy. Have you done that before? Or like, obviously you've done um, float tank. I am considering it. It's just um, the science isn't quite proven as much as I'd like. For everything else I listed, it's, it's you know, it's yeah. hospitals do that stuff. Um, the, the science is, is not quite there. But yeah, I was thinking about it today. I, I might well try it. So I know in Canada, it's very hard. And I know you got a pretty cool story about this. It's very hard to get a visa in, in the States. Mm -hmm. So how are you able to go? Because that's a lot of people's dream is to go from living where they are to living in the States in America. Right. So how are you able to get that visa? And, you know, how did you end up in the States? And, and, you know, cause I know it's a difficult process. A great question. So I have the O1, the Extraordinary Ability Visa. And step one is to ask yourself, are you extraordinary? Um, you know, like what, what I listed, you know, at the start of this uh, podcast, um, you know, that five minute segment. And, you know, there's, there's various bits in there that, you know, haven't been included. It's pretty extraordinary. Um, that's the way it is. Like I can drill into the details. You need letters from people who want to hire you, letters of recommendation from high standing people in society um you, you know so like there's, there's little things like that but it may sound like a strange thing to say but you know are, are you one of the best in the world at your field um you know can you really say that and if that's a yes then you know the united states you know will, will, will be happy to have you and you know i i've now you know i'm now paying taxes and so on so there's no reason uh america wouldn't want me so like, as I, I guess that's, that's the first question in whatever you're doing. Um, can you become one of the outliers who dominates the field? Can you get a lot of press? Uh, can you be speaking? Can you be getting big contracts? Um, you know, and you know, to a certain extent, I, I always try and see the flip side of things that I disagree with. Like, and yeah, I hate that the visa process is hard, but because it's so hard to get in, America is the best country in the world. Uh, you know, the opportunity here is just absolutely unreal. It's like I always say, I didn't magically become amazing when I jumped, uh, jumped off the plane in America. Um, the opportunities were just bigger here. I'm doing the same stuff I'd be doing in London, and I was doing in London, but 
the clients have bigger budgets. There's a lot more opportunity. There's a lot more exposure out here. Uh, everything's a lot better. So in a way, because it's so hard to get in, um, yeah, it really means a lot when you do. Yeah, no, for sure. Have you been up to Canada? Have you been to Vancouver or anywhere like that? I, I headlined uh, SAS North in Ottawa. Um, I spoke in Victoria at social media camp. Uh, I spoke at a co-working space in Vancouver a couple of times. Um, uh, and Montreal, I love. I, I can't wait to go out to Montreal in a couple of weeks. It was like my favorite date of the whole tour. It's the only one I rebooked out of the other 100 days. Absolutely love it. So yeah, Canada's fantastic. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a great, it's, it's, I think it's like the most underrated country. It's the third best country in the world after America and UK. Uh, only problem is you guys can't send cold emails, but other than that, Canada's great. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of funny things that, that we don't get. Like we don't have Instagram music on our phone. Like you can't, it's not available in our region, like weird stuff over the years. You can get in the States, you can't get here. And I just don't understand it. Like there's so many weird, even in like dairy and there's all these like weird things that happen in the States that we can't get here. And I never understood it, man. Like, but that's just the way it is. It's different. It's the same, same, but different. It's very similar to Australia, like Canada, I find um, a lot of ways. Just Yeah. I, I love Jordan Peterson too. Oh yeah. He's the best. Do you watch Joe Rogan? Yeah. 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 <laughs> he's the best. Is, he, is Joe Rogan Canadian? No, no, he's not. But I mean, he's interviewed all the best, the best. Right. And there's been so many people like Dave Asprey from Bulletproof that I've followed for years. He started out, you know, got pretty big after that along with a lot of other people. So it's, uh, that's definitely, that's definitely my favorite podcast of all time. Um, there was one more thing I, I, that I want you to elaborate if you can, um, for people that don't know what is, what is Kickstarter? I know that you um, you were able to do a few things with that. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? You don't mean what is Kickstarter. You, you mean how to do a successful Kickstarter? Yeah, I just just to kind of explain how how you how it implied to you and how you were sure. able to. Okay, so I, I launched my first book on Kickstarter when I, I didn't really have a personal brand. I'd given a few talks. Didn't really have an email list, and even if my co-author. Um, but we, we just had a feeling that it would go well if we did it. And our reasoning was, uh, if, if you rank on Kickstarter, you get a lot of people buying your stuff who just come across you by browsing Kickstarter. And that, I think like 18% of our total sales came from people within Kickstarter, um, which is great. It meant we paid no credit card fees and, you know, they paid us to be on the platform basically. So, um, how did we do it? We bought Jeff Walker's book, Product Launch Formula. Uh, and then I learned how to write sales copy for emails. So it's four emails. The first, why you're launching. The second, what it is you're launching. The third, how they can get it. And the fourth, it's live now. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we did super well with that. We did a viral queue. We were one of the first ever to do a viral queue for a book. Um, and so like people were just amazed at this gamification. So viral queue is you drop your email in and then um, you get points for for liking the Facebook page, for following Twitter, uh, for all of these things. And then uh, the top people win prizes, free webinars, free consulting, etc. So we had over 2,500 people waiting in that queue on day one. So when we launched, you know, it very quickly made uh, like a lot of sales and hit our Kickstarter target in like 
two hours, um, which was amazing. Uh, and then, yeah, so we went on to do $100,000 in pre-orders on Kickstarter. And then we did Indiegogo in demand. And uh, yeah, it's, it's done almost 200000 now. I forget what the exact number is. But um, yeah, it's been an amazing journey for a first book, which we did no paid spend, no PR, no influences. So yeah, I love Kickstarter. I recommend it if you're doing a broad product that a broad audience would like. What, um, what country was the first one that really took off, like took your content, took your book and like, what was it? Or maybe different ones? Like one in- split between England and America, but the more time I spend here, it, it's just, it's like, it has a revenue. It's like 90% America now. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's always interesting. Like, you know, when you're doing that kind of stuff, who's going to pick it up, you know, because if you're targeting these different places, sometimes it's not always who you expect. Yeah. You no, know, like it's, it's usually not. I mean, I know when I do my, sometimes when I do my ads or when I do my targeting, the ones that I think are going to work or the people I think are going to take it in don't. And it's the other ones. So, so it's always interesting to hear. Um, cool, man. Um, yeah, no, I, I really appreciate you sharing your story, dude. It's been, uh, it's been great. Like you got a super powerful story and I just, for the people out there listening, you know, what, what would be the one thing that you could give somebody as a takeaway for uh, university of adversity for to be able to take that one thing, apply it and to be able to get through the adversity to create what it is they want in their life. Like what's the one thing that you can recommend? Be aggressive. Be aggressive in what way? Just like a lot of people see my stuff, you know, they'll, they'll buy. So like, you know, Ace the Game, my new book um, and video course, it's like it's $97. It, it doesn't cost all that much. It's got a, a hundred things, a hundred different ways you can grow your podcast, grow your business, grow your agency. Um, but what I've realized is you've got to have an aggressive mindset to even try this stuff. you like, People are very scared of, you know, upsetting other people and people just don't get upset. People don't care about what you're doing. Um, like, yeah, you, you get so much upside, but it doesn't matter. Like I, I have the, no one has better methods uh, for growing a company than I do in Ace the Game. Um, but um, I can't make you do them. Um, that has to come from you. Uh, so, so, yeah, it, it starts with aggression and really wanting it and like desperation is good. So I was, I was, and I still am real desperate. Uh, and that's a great driver. And it sounds like you didn't mention it, but you have, you have a hundred percent certainty. Like you could tell that you are, you know, you have your goal and you're certain that you, you've had to be certain to get to where you are. Right. Like it's super important that you don't, that when you're. Like it's certainty. It's also naivety, especially at the start. You're too naive to know that uh, it's really hard to do. Um, so you do it anyway. And you sometimes see this in sports teams full of young people. Um, they're too naive to realize how hard it is to win a championship. So they just go and do it. And then when they realize they, they can't repeat it because they're like, oh, it's, it's actually really hard. But um, yeah, so it's good to have that naivety and just like, yeah, and just have like a lot of confidence in what you're doing, whether it's deserved or not. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, where can everybody find you? Where's the best places to look for you? My new book is acethegame.com. I'm on YouTube. Uh, just search Vin Clancy. And then Vin Clancy on other platforms too. But uh, yeah, YouTube and uh, Instagram is probably the main ones. If you want my latest growth hacks, uh, Traffic and Copy is my Facebook group.
Awesome, man. Hey, appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for taking the time to uh, have a chat with us. Great. Thanks a lot. Okay, man. Have a great day. You just finished another class at the University of Adversity. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and tune in again next time for more life lessons with Lance ECOs.